Thanks indeed, Tara. Now, Walter Hobbs of Virgo Capital, the expert who oversaw the €45 million Euro sale of SiteServe to the Dennis O'Brien-owned Millington in 2012, joins us now in News Talk Lunchtime. Uh, you said last night, Walter, that the Dennis O'Brien-Millington bid was the highest bid. I just want to clarify, was it the highest bid at a particular point in time? Was it the highest bid with certain terms and conditions attached? Or was it the highest bid overall, over a number of months? Uh, to be honest, Colette, I haven't got my gang in, into my record, so I, I, I can't say who was, who was where in the first round. But the important bids were round two, which came through in February. OK. Uh, and how uh, many of those were there in the round two bids? Uh, I would say probably seven or eight. And again, I haven't checked back on my records. It's about three years ago. I'd say around seven or eight. Um, and so what talk, was yeah, the highest bid? Sorry, this is really important, the high, Walter. The, the highest, highest bid, bid. The highest bid was from Dennis O'Brien's Millington. Now, there's a bit of confusion around about someone else bidding higher. That is simply not the case. Even later? Uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll talk about the French company, the late arrival of the French company. That's a separate issue. But leaving aside the French company, Dennis O'Brien's Millington was the highest bid. Now, there's a bit of confusion around with people claiming they bid higher. That is not the case. Bids in these situations, there tend to be letters, long letters, short letters. Dennis O'Brien had a short letter. Everyone else had a very long letters. And th- figures, bids are presented in different ways. You get ha- a big figure up on the... Some people can tend to put a big figure up on top of the page. They then go on to say that the, fi- the, pr- the net price will be after deducting X, Y, and Z from the top price. But, of course, we went through all the bids very carefully. But in the headline price, took off all the deductions that people were proposing to get to the net price. It's the only price we were interested in. On that basis, Dennis O'Brien had clearly the best bid the simplest bid, the most certain okay. bid. Was there any bids later on, a week, two weeks, three weeks, no, a no, month or two later, no, that no. were higher after, bottom line after, bids? Uh, after we entered into a contractual arrangement with Dennis O'Brien's Millington, uh, the representative of a French company outside arriving town announcing he was prepared to pay 60 million for the business. Which is 15 million higher. Yes. There are multiple reasons for not taking that any further. This particular French company... I've been in this business a long time, investing in companies, buying something. People coming in late in process to disrupt bids, uh, not unusual. Uh, obviously, the situation that had been announced uh, was very uncomfortable for Altrad. The Altrad's operations in the UK, their main competitor is a site serve subsidiary. So the idea of a well-financed competitor in the UK backed by Dennis O'Brien was obviously not a good prospect. In the media from January, there was a big, big project on the way in site serve that did nothing. They were looking for French-based contracts. They were looking for eight weeks uh, to, to, to do their process. OK, so uh, Walter, it sounds like it's a bit more complicated, but could you categorically say that the deal wouldn't have gone through if you'd accepted this Altran bid? Well, it wasn't a bid. It was an indicative expression of interest. If we had the time and the money to pursue the thing with the French, it would have taken another two or three months. The idea that the price would be uh, 60 million, I think, Hugely sceptical. I've been around this kind of territory before. So the idea that they, in the end of the day, will be offering 60 million is pretty far. Okay, but you can't categorically say that it wouldn't have happened, that the taxpayer might have gotten 15 million more. When you're running these processes, these very complicated processes, at every point in the process, one is judging the opportunities and the risks. Sure. And we were in a very difficult situation. Uh, We had a financial crisis in the company. We needed a solution. And we had a very strong and solid bid better than anyone else, and we were into a contractual relationship. Now, to do anything else at that stage, the risks involved in not pursuing that course would be enormous. Uh, you're managing risk. This thing became dangerously close to zero for everyone. We pulled it out of the fire. It was a great escape. 
you know, if we had been uh, inexperienced and not knowing how to play the game, we could have gone on in the process. The, had we started engaging with the French, all the other bidders would have walked away. We could have okay. finished up with zero. So, or you could have finished up with sixty million. We the conversation today if we had got zero for this company rather okay. than forty-five million. Or, or, or you could, like, or you could have ended up with sixty million. You don't know. Uh, you can't categorically say you wouldn't have. No, so, uh, I. Um, Enormously sceptical. Okay, all right. Uh, I want to talk. I think that would have risen. Okay, I want to talk about the shareholders and the five million for shareholders because I know our listeners are, are are deeply uneasy with the optics of that. How come shareholders can get five million euro when there is no equity in a company that's insolvent and that's bust? The, the transaction which we had uh, signed up with the with Millington needed to be under stock exchange rules. Needed to be brought to a an, an EGM of the company and voted through by a majority of the shareholders. That's their stock exchange. We're just following those. We could not complete this transaction without shareholder approval at an EGM, which would be a public meeting where even journalists could attend. Okay, so you're saying the shareholders had you over a barrel, that you had to give them something to vote this deal through. through. The money that was recommended to go to the shareholders, um, it was anywhere between zero and five million. How come they got the five million, they got the upper end of the scale? Why didn't they get one million, two million, three million? why was the five million decided on? Yeah, I, I to, to be honest, my job, uh, I'm not being evasive here, but my job was to supervise uh, the sale of the company and to uh, secure a deal from our purchaser. Uh, clearly, I was aware that the deal, whatever deal I, uh, I had secured, had to be put through an EGM. I was aware that the shareholders, a significant group of shareholders made it clear they would not vote it through. But I, I was not part, I've never met the shareholders, but I'm not, there was obviously a discussion between Davy and IBRC on the kind of money needed to buy the votes of these people. I wasn't part of those discussions, so I don't know how that particular figure uh, was arrived at. But, you know, the, the shareholders had leverage and they used it as people, as I said, people doing business and politics. They had a negotiation position. They had, someone had to blink, someone they had to be compromised, and there was a figure arrived at. I just wasn't at those parts of those deliberations. All right, the timing of the deal, mid-March, the Minister for Finance didn't have to, to be informed of this sale. Had you waited till the end of March, when the framework would have been changed, do you accept then that the Minister for Finance would have had to have been informed? I have no idea what was going on. It was none of my business. I had no idea what was going on between the IBRC and the Department of Finance. That you didn't know about that framework? And you know about nothing, knew nothing okay. about the relationship. My, I was reporting to the IBRC as per my mandate, both in meetings and in formal written communications. We closed the deal as soon as we could. You may have heard me uh, speak last night about the enormous financial crisis mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, uh, going serve. We are out of time and out of cash. We needed to close the deal quickly to save the company and save all the people's jobs in the company. We had to make judgments, which I think only very, very expert and experienced people could make in a critical situation on how to get the best outcome. And I believe we did that very, very well. All right. Do you accept that the optics of the timing, mid-March and literally a couple of weeks later, the Minister of Finance would have um, had to be informed, uh, don't look uh, good? It's complete, uh, I'm, I'm not in the business of optics. I, okay. I wasn't aware of any of that. We, did, we were dealing with a situation. We made, I believe we made extremely good and, and shrewd decisions in a very, very dangerous situation. All that kind of stuff. Unaware of it. Not even relevant, not even aware of it. Okay. Why didn't the company just go into receivership? Why wasn't that an option? Uh, all of those options were very carefully considered. The nature of the various sites or businesses, particularly some of the major contracts that were involved, any of those other processes would have led to 
um, uh, quite an extraordinary destruction of value in the business. And with a lot of expert assessment, the view was that a controlled sale of the businesses as a package would give the best outcome. Were you aware of the, the massive tensions between the Department of Finance and IBRC at the time? Knew nothing about what was going on there. Absolutely nothing. No idea. I, kn- I knew nothing about it. My job, I, I, I had a mandate from IBRC to do a job. I put an enormous work into the job and reported to IBRC at every stage and got their approval for all major decisions we made in the process. Have you heard and from the Department of Finance since the deal? At any stage, a phone call, an email, anything? Never. Not a word, which is extraordinary. People can write reports. Uh, I don't know who these, as I said, I don't know who these people are. I don't even know if they ever bought or sold a company in their life or made an investment. My office is just within walking distance of the Department of Finance. I have never, ever been contacted by the Department of Finance in relation to this matter in any shape or form. Justine McCarthy uh, was on Vincent Brown last night, the journalist. Um, she said, everywhere you look, there's something bizarre in this deal. What's your reaction to that? Uh, I know my business. I'm an expert, hugely experienced. I'm 100% comfortable with every step we took in this transaction. Why did the share price, or how did the share price, go up in the weeks before the five million was given to the shareholders? I've no idea. You talk to David. I don't. It's not my area. Um, I don't know how these things work really in the market. All right. I'm not a stockbroker. Yeah. Okay. Dennis O'Brien says he's happy to appear before any public accounts committee. Will you appear before a public accounts committee? Are you happy to do so? Absolutely. I'm 100% comfortable to deal with every aspect of this transaction. Walter, um, this was an exceptionally good deal for a number of people. It was a good deal for, for Dennis O'Brien and Millington. It was a good deal for the shareholders. It was not a good deal for the taxpayers, or it was potentially not a good deal for the taxpayer. It was a very good deal for the taxpayer. The taxpayer, effectively through IBRC, lost £100 million. The £100 million was lost long before we start trying to extricate ourselves from this. Sidesare was a mess. As I said, it bought a whole lot of construction-related businesses at the height of the cycle at big prices on borrowed money. The there was 100 million lost before we even started. The mm-hmm. question is, could we rescue the, la- the remaining 50? So, you know, if you look for where the bad decisions were made, the bad decisions were made during the Celtic Tiger period prior to the financial crash. Sure, but 60 would have been better than 45. That's my point. Sure. 60 was just a figure being bandied about to break into the process. I think the, tra- the likelihood of completing a transaction with the French very unlikely. The idea of the figure being anything remotely like 60, even more unlikely. Again, these are judgments we make in, in terms of the risks of the situation. We believe that the risks we were dealing with at that point in time dramatically overweighed a fairly unlikely opportunity that come from this late intervention. All right, Walter Hobbs, thank you for joining us on News Talk Lunchtime. Well, Walter told us there he is willing to appear in front of the Public Accounts Committee. John McGuinness is chair of the PAC. He's on the line. Uh, John, do you want to speak uh, to Walter Hobbs, to Dennis O'Brien, who both said they'd be happy to appear in front of the PAC? Well, firstly, let me make it clear. The Public Accounts Committee and the Comptroller and Auditor General, as of now, have absolutely no remit whatsoever uh, to deal with uh, side serve or indeed any other company. We simply, under legislation, we don't have the remit to do that. Should the Minister for Finance or the government decide that it is necessary to have an inquiry, and if they decide to use the CNAG and the Public Accounts Committee, well then legislation will be needed to clarify what can be done. And in the context of that legislation, they may very well decide uh, that the PSE and the CNAG would do the work. 
and legislation then will have to cover what witnesses might be called and what materials in terms of documentations might be used. Okay. I, I, I want to also add that it is not just about SiteServe. It is about the transactions that went on at a particular level between IBRC and other entities. Okay, so are you calling on the Minister for Finance to legislate and do what he has to do to bring (coughs) these people before you to answer questions which have left a lot of people feeling very uneasy about the site serve and other deals? The Minister and the government should make it perfectly clear today what they are going to do. And they should then set about doing it as quickly as possible because they, by their inaction, are causing major public concern. And they're also causing difficulties for legitimate businesses that have been purchased uh, on an ongoing basis. And that needs to be addressed. Okay, if you had Walter Hobbs, Dennis O'Brien, any of the IBRC players before you, what would you ask them today? Well, if both of those um, companies or individuals come before the PSC, we will be simply exploring with them how the deal was transacted. My main concern is what was the unease between the Department of Finance uh, and IBRC and how they constructed the contract. And I would also, I'm sure the public want to know, just exactly what concerns the Department of Finance had in relation to these matters. Because I listened carefully to Mr Hobbs, and I have to say he made it perfectly clear. And one of the uh, statements he has made is that the Department of Finance and their officials never bought or sold anything. So therefore, this has started because the Department of Finance officials have said that they are concerned, that they had concerned and and unease. That needs to be explained and explained thoroughly. So what are you saying, that the Department officials didn't know what they were doing? Well, the Department officials have expressed the point of view that they had concerns and that there was an uneasy relationship between the officials and IBRC. What does that mean? What concerns have they? And what do you if, think if it they, means? If, if they have documentation to prove whatever point that they're making, they should provide that immediately to the Public Accounts Committee and they are the ones that should be come before okay. us first right. to explain the situation. I'm, ju- I'm just pressed for time. Can you decode what do you think had concerns means? They obviously had concerns about the manner in which IBRC constructed the purchase to a number of businesses uh, as they sold them. 